We're good to go here on your uh, Wednesday. Skulls ready to rock. Lior Samfiru, of course, is ready to go as well. Let's get into it. Our main topic for today, to resign or not to resign? That is the question. We'll get to that here in just a bit. But we always start off with the case of the day. Pal, what do you got cooking? Hey, John. Great to be here. Great to be talking about employment law. John, do you find that in, in the summer, you're just in a better mood? Do you find that? 100%. 100%. I'd like to be out, you know, having a few pops and, you know, doing the show. But, uh, you know, whatever. It's, it's all good, man. You and I always complain to each other in the winter, you know, how how down we are. But I, I just feel better in the summer. Uh, I know you do as well. So it's just a good time to also take a little break right now and still educate people on this important thing. So just because it's summer doesn't mean you're not working. Doesn't mean you don't have workplace issues. Doesn't mean That's right. your job is still not prominent in your life. Uh, maybe you're about to go on vacation, your summer vacation. You're concerned about, you know, whether you come back to a job. What does that mean? Maybe you're not going to have a job. Maybe your boss said something to you and you're just terrified to go on that vacation. Get the idea if it touches unemployment law on your job. By the way, you'll probably be surprised that there is a solution. There is a way to make things better because we have excellent employment laws across this country of ours. So don't believe me. Can reach out to me in the office anytime and have that private chat. We'll give you that information throughout the show. But to start off, case of the day, things that or something that came across my desk earlier. I spoke with the gentleman that about a month ago was put on a performance improvement plan. Now you acknowledge his performance was probably a bit lacking, and you know, there's various reasons for that. And in, in that performance improvement plan, the company set certain targets for him and they said, We're gonna assess again in six months to see how you're doing. Well, fast forward a month later, so only a month, not six months, to now, company says, yeah, you're, you're not doing well at all. We're, in fact, you're doing really bad. We're going to let you go. We'll let you go for a cause because your performance is so bad. So this guy, obviously very upset, he calls me and he wants to know, you know, am I owed something? Is this in fact cause, like the company said, they did put me on a performance improvement plan. So, you know, what does this all mean? Right. So here's the thing. Before we even talk about his specific scenario, I'm going to say that it's always going to be incredibly difficult for a company to let someone go for cause because of performance reasons. They would almost have to show that the person is going out of their way to do a bad job to fire them for cause, i.e. without severance. They can let them go without cause and pay them full severance, but to deprive someone of severance for performance reasons, it's going to be pretty darn hard. But in this case, the company can't, can't even come close to doing it. Why? Because the company itself said, hey, we understand we need to give you six months to meet these targets. We need to give you a runway of six months to figure things out. So if the company says that it should take them six months, how can they a month later say, well, now it's cause? By their own standards, it should have been six months. So a month later, clearly, if they they want him gone, okay, but they're going to have to pay him severance. He's been there for two years. They're going to owe him about four to five months of severance. So no, no chance for this to be caused. Company has to be reasonable. If they put someone on a performance improvement plan, the company itself has an obligation to be reasonable in terms of when they assess performance, to provide help, support, training to the person, to essentially set them up for success as opposed to set them up for failure. And if a company doesn't do that, if they're just going through the motions and as a way to fire someone, uh uh-uh, no. That's gonna end up being a wrongful dismissal. They're gonna owe compensation to that individual. So if you're an employee out there and, and your employer is trying to say they have cause to let you go for performance reasons, you have to give me a call. Chances are 
It's not cause you've been wrongfully dismissed and you're owed your full severance. Yeah, it's interesting that whole you know six month thing and then let him go. It's like they they gave him a bit of runway and they they took it away. It's it's such a stupid professional maneuver. It's like we've talked about in the past with people who are under these two year contracts and you know three months in they get fired. It's like yeah, but guys, you already laid out the groundwork. You're gonna owe a ton of severance for the rest of the two years. It seems foolish for a business to do that. No. Well, they set up the rules. They break them, and then they're surprised that there's consequences, right? I mean, it doesn't work that way. And, you know, I think about it in life. If if you break the rules, there's going to be consequences. Well, same thing happens with in the employment relationship. If your employer is supposed to do something, if they agree to do something, if they're obligated to do something, and they don't do it, well, the law is not just going to say too bad. The law is going to impose consequences. And in this case, for this employer, the consequence is paying someone four or five months of pay. And it is what it is. And with that, we'll take a a short break and we'll return with to resign or not to resign. That is the question right here, the Wednesday night edition. Employment Law Show, stand by. You can always reach uh, reach Lior and the team anytime. Help at employmentlawyer.ca, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the website, or uh, 1-855-821-5900 is how you do that when the show is done. All right, to resign or not to resign, that is the question. The reason why we're doing this topic for our remaining time with Lior is this is one of those things we talk about where there is a ton of confusion out there, right? Ton of confusion, and you know, but it's unnecessary confusion because okay. it's actually something that can be fairly straightforward. We're going to lay it out very clearly. But what we want to really distinguish here is number one: what is a resignation? But also, when should you resign? When should you not resign? And you know, what happens ultimately if your employer imposes this or threatens you that you better resign or else? All these things are things that the law knows how to deal with, and it's important you get this right. Well, let's break it down. I mean, what is what is a real like a real resignation, and does one get severance if he resigns? So, a resignation by definition cannot be imposed on you. It, not, it cannot be threatened out of you. Uh, it cannot be pushed on you. A resignation is something that you, the individual, the employee, do voluntarily. You do on your own unilaterally. That is what a resignation. So if you decide on your own for your own reasons that you don't want to work for a company and that you want to leave that company, then you've resigned. That's absolutely fine. No issue, no problem. But if you're being pushed, threatened, uh, maneuvered into resigning and you feel like you have to and then you leave, the law says, "Uh -uh, no, 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 not so fast. Because it's not voluntary, it doesn't meet the definition of a resignation, which really means you've been terminated. You've been fired. In that case, you are severance. In a real resignation, or you just resign for your own reasons, all good, you walk away with your head held high, you don't get severance. Hmm. But if it's a situation where it's not a real resignation, where it's forced on you, yes, severance still has to be paid. It's not a real resignation unless you do it voluntarily. Well, it's interesting because we've had, you know, I could almost say countless calls on this show over the last 10 years. I know you probably don't go through a week at the firm without hearing the call says, well, Lior, no, I was told to resign or else. So I'm shaking in my boots, right? Yeah, and, and this happens all the time. And, and like, I, I always shake my head. Why would an employer, well, I, I, sorry, I know why an employer would do that. An employer mm-hmm. would do that because it's a heck of a lot cheaper for the employer to have an employee that, quote unquote, resigns than the employer letting the employee go. Because if the employer lets the employee go, they have to pay them severance. Could be as much as two years' pay. But if the employer can say, oh, no, no, I didn't let him go, he resigned, well, that employer all of a sudden doesn't have to pay severance. But in the eyes of the law, if you're being told resign or else, no, don't resign. The answer should be, 
I'm not doing that. No, I'm going to continue working unless you, my employer, wants to let me go. If you want to let me go, I can't stop you, right? You're the employer. You're going to have to pay me what you have to pay me. But I'm not going to do it for you. I'm going to continue working. No such thing as resign or else. No such thing as resigning under threat. And if ultimately the threat was too much, the pressure was too hard, and you did resign because of it, remember, the law considers that to be a termination. The key here would be to prove that the reason you resign is because of that pressure. So let's say you're called into a meeting and you're being threatened, bullied, pushed into resigning. So you leave that meeting, you submit your letter of resignation. Mm-hmm. If there's no proof that you were threatened, it's going to be tough, right? Because right. what we have is a letter of resignation. So you want to, even in that letter of resignation, say, I'm not doing this because I want to. I'm doing this because you threatened me. So put that in writing. Create that record. Because if you can show that you were threatened or pushed into resigning, the law says you're owed your full severance. It could be months and months and months of pain. You know, sometimes uh, we, we've all been there, man. You have a bad day at work, maybe a really bad day. You know, chuck a coffee cup across the lunchroom and you know, resign in the heat of the moment. What happens then? Yeah, and, and that does happen. You know, I, I've represented probably myself represented half a dozen people where that's what happened to them. So they had an argument, a bad day. They That's it. They felt they couldn't do it anymore. They left. They said, that's it. I'm gone. I'm out of here. I'm resigning. They came home, they, they calmed down, they talked to their significant other, and they were just, no, no, I, I'm not resigning. It was the heat of the moment. Call their employer up, say, I, no, my bad, I want to come back to work. Employer says, no, too bad, you said you resigned and you're gone. Can't do that, actually. A heat of the moment resignation is not really a resignation. The law understands that if you say something in the heat of the moment, you didn't really mean it. There's no real intention, especially if you take it back quickly. Now, if you resign in the heat of the moment, you don't say anything for a month, and a month later you say, yeah, no, that was heat of the moment, too late. <laughs> but if you take it back quickly, you know, within a couple of days, then and if your employer won't let you come back to work, that is now considered a termination. Your employer has terminated your employment, even though you're the one that said, I'm leaving, I'm gone, I'm out of here. So remember that. So if it's in the heat of the moment, why not, once you're calmed down, thought is through, tell your employer in writing, always in writing, email, text, Heat of the moment, my bad. I want to come back to work. And when I get back, you call me. Yeah. It's funny too, because people, you know, quite often concerned that it's better off to, you know, have resigned than to be let go. They think it's got this some sort of permanent stink, like there's a there's a record there and they should be concerned about that. No. Yeah. People say, Well, I resigned because I didn't want to be let go. I knew they were gonna let me go, so I resigned. Yeah. And every time I hear that, I start I start screaming. Uh, because it, it, it's what you've done in that situation. If you thought, well, they're going to come and let me go, so I'm going to beat them to it and I'm going to resign. You've done two things. Number one is you've walked away from your severance. Number two, you've walked away from EI, right? Which could be right. a year, a year. So no, it's not better to resign than to be let go. Not at all. There's no record. There's no spreadsheet. There's no database where you know the reasons you were let go are, are kept. In fact, if, you know, when you look for a job, the vast majority of people that are not working and they're looking for a job lost their job because someone let them go for whatever reason, cost cutting, restructuring, what have you. So there's nothing there that's going to hurt you. If the company's going to let you go, it is what it is. Let them do that. Don't try to beat them to the punch. Now, of course, the flip side of that is if you know you've done something terrible, you stole money, you committed fraud, you committed sexual harassment, and you know they're going to let you go because of it, yeah, sure, you can resign, may as well. 
because it's not like you're going to get anything in that situation anyway. Right. But unless you did something that bad, no, it's not better to resign. Let the company let you go. Get your full severance. Get your full EI and do it right. So the boss comes to you tomorrow and says, you got to resign. You're out of here. You know, have your, have your resignation on my desk tomorrow morning. What do you say to him? Well, your answer is going to be very simple here. First of all, you don't even have to answer. You can just continue your job and ignore it and let the company make the decision if they want to let you go or back off. If you're going to answer, just say, no, I'm not doing that. It's as simple as that. The, the rules should be simple. You continue working until and unless the company tells you to stop doing it. The company tells you to stop. You're done. You're, you're not working here anymore. Okay, that's fine. You're going to walk away. You're going to call me. I'll make sure you get everything you wrote, get it resolved, and we move on. But don't do it for them. Don't walk away from your legal entitlements. Yes, you can still get severance if you can show that you were pushed into it and threatened into it, but it's, it's harder, right? It's much easier if the company simply lets you go and we're just going to get you your severance then. It's easy. We don't have to get into a he said, she said scenario. Mm-hmm. So the answer should always be no. I'm just going to continue working. Yeah, it's interesting. You said you said pushed into it or forced into it. So how do you prove that if that's, if that's what happened? So if the company is going to push you into it and you feel like you don't have a choice but to do it because you're just not comfortable, you can't bear to show up to work tomorrow, well, then say so. Send an email saying, you know, given what happened today, when you, you told you threatened me, you yelled at me, I feel like I have no choice but to leave, so I'm leaving. Do that. Create that record, okay? Uh, if there's a recording, fine. If you have a witness that can corroborate that, that's fine. But something there beyond just your word. I love the, the email thing. Uh, I love to be able to send them an email to someone confirming what happened and why I'm doing what I'm doing. If you do that, you can never go wrong. I want to slide over, grab a uh, quick call. Got uh, Christopher. Hello, how are you? Hi, how are you, John? Good, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Um, so I'm just listening to uh, Leo and his conversation there, and it's, it's very relevant. We've got a, a daughter who is in her first real job coming out of university. She's coming up to a year at the firm. It's a uh, sort of a sales uh, environment, uh, sort of professional sales environment. And she was one of 12 or 14 people in the, sort of the training group. <laughs> There's one left. <laughs> it's her. Uh, and they just slowly sort of just depart people and the environment's become very difficult, very toxic. And she says that I'm just thinking it's going to happen any day. I think I'm just going to quit. And, I, and she says, there's not really much on the table here. Why don't I just leave? What have I got to lose? And I've told her about on, you know, employment insurance, for example, that if you walk away, that's obviously not going to be an, an option for her in the short term. But then I'm thinking there might be more on the table too, if she walks away, even though it's only been a year with the firm. And I just wanted Lior's opinion on maybe what she should do. Smart. Absolutely. So you told me a bit about her. I understand she's been there for a year in a professional sales role and she's obviously, you know, young, maybe in her, in her twenties. Correct. So she'd probably be looking at two to three months of severance, two to three months of pay. Now, I don't know. I don't. It doesn't matter if you earn a lot or a little. Mm-hmm. Two to three months pay is always going to be a lot of money, right? right. So, uh, so that's over and above the EI. So, mm-hmm. my view is this: if they're going to let her go, she can't stop that. Let that happen. Let's make sure she gets what she's owed. Now, the flip side is this: if in the meantime she finds a fantastic job and she mm-hmm. wants to just take that job, sure, that may be worth more to her mm-hmm. than EI and severance. But unless she has that fantastic job lined up, I would absolutely not quit. I know it's never fun to be let go. No one likes to be called into that meeting. Right. I get it. But why give the company this financial gift and why walk away from legal entitlements that you have? So I would tell her, 
do her job to the best of her ability. Mm-hmm. If it's going to happen that they let her go, fine. We'll make sure that she gets everything, everything she's owed. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate the advice, guys. That was really helpful. I uh, appreciate the uh, the phone call, Christopher. That's a good one, too, because, I mean, this isn't a situation, Lior, uh, that his daughter's in where it's like, oh, I really love the place, man. I hope I don't get let go. She's, like, got one foot out the door anyway. So, I mean, you're thinking about two or three months severance plus EI. She'll be able to get through the summer and just be able to just take a step back, take a deep breath, and still have some money coming in and look for that next job. So another reason why you don't want to resign, right? In fact, it, the worst time to resign if, is if you know that they're about to let you go. Because yeah. They were just going to let you go on Thursday and you resigned on Tuesday. My God, think how happy the company is because you just saved them, in this case, three months' pay. So now, if you don't think they're going to let you go, you just don't want to work there anymore, okay, I guess it makes sense to leave because you know no one should hate their job and suffer. But if you think, yeah, it's, the, 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 the ax is going to fall any day, so I'll just you know beat them to the punch, that is the wrong move. EI, of course, and severance, don't ever do that. You know, we were talking about this. So an employee resigns because something happened in the workplace, bad, I guess, and you know, it made it very difficult to continue working. What, the, what do you do in that situation? So obviously, if your employer does something to you, treats you badly, makes it, creates a poison work environment where it's difficult to continue working, well, we have a name for that, and that is constructive dismissal. Anytime your employer does something to you that just makes your job just not something you were able to do anymore... The law considers that to be a termination. It's as if the company lets you go. Oftentimes, we look at that when your pay is changed or reduced or you're demoted or you're relocated far away. That could be a constructive dismissal. But it also can happen in a situation where you're treated poorly, you're harassed, bullied, that that poisoned work environment. If that's what's happening, that's a constructive dismissal as well. So if you leave because of that, the law says, well, you didn't leave just because you're didn't want to. It wasn't a really a voluntary thing. It's because the company didn't really give you much of a choice. So that's a termination. You're still owed severance. So the rule here, I'm going to make it very simple. Unless you left completely voluntary for your own personal reasons, unless that's what's happened, you're owed severance. So what's our, uh, what's our timeline looking at in that situation? How much time does that employee have to resign uh, before it's too late? So if you're deal- if something's happened in the workplace, especially if it's a kind of a something that happened and, and now it's done. So you've got a pay cut, pay cut is done, you continue working. Well, you, you have a very short time to deal with that. A f- couple of weeks or so, two, three, maybe four weeks where where you're uh, able to say, okay, now I'm treating that as a termination. So if your pay is cut, have a few weeks short time. Now, obviously, if you're bullied and harassed, there's no real time limit on that. No one's going to say, well, too bad now <laughs> you're stuck with the harassment, right? Right. But... If you're looking at a, you know, if you're demoted, your hours were reduced or changed or, you know, your shift was changed, that you have to deal with quickly. You have to move on that very quickly to say constructive dismissal within a few weeks or you're going to be considered to have accepted what the company did. And at that point, if you leave, it will just be a resignation. Let's grab a quick email from Beth before we wrap. Says, guys, my husband works in construction, never been laid off in 10 years, but... His employer just gave him notice of a layoff saying he may be called back, may be called back in May. We're talking 10 months. What can he do? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, here's the thing. And, and it's very often that people say and they think, I hear this weekly, that when it comes to construction, there's no laws. Employer can do whatever they want. The laws don't apply to those in construction. Wrong, false, completely not true. In fact, the same law, uh, laws and the same rules apply to those in construction. So in this case, 
We've said many times on the show that an employer doesn't have a right to, to temporarily lay you off. They don't. Well, the same thing happens in construction. So if it's not a term of your employment that you can be laid off, there's no history of layoffs inside an employment agreement that says you can be laid off. If you're put on a temporary layoff, even if you're in construction, the law says that's a termination. You can consider that as a termination. You don't have to sit for 10 months like this guy at home and, and see what happens. You can treat that as a termination right now and get your severance. So that's what he can do. And the last point on this is this. People often tell me, oh, no, construction employees don't get severance. Of course, that's false. Mm-hmm. Yes, you get severance. Same as everyone else. It could be as much as two years paid. Construction employee, non-construction employee, the law still applies just the same. And that is just about it for our time. If you didn't get a chance to get on air or send an email along, no problem. You can always continue the conversation now that we're done. And we're back in tomorrow night as well. In the meantime, to reach Lior, help at uh, help at uh, employee, pardon me. <clears throat> Let's try to get that one again. I can't believe I flubbed the email. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. I've only been saying it for 10 years. Simply employmentlawyer.ca. And don't forget that tool. It's amazing. The website was constructed to help you out and educate you. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And finally, guys, that phone number again, 1-855-821-5900. We'll pick it up tomorrow at 6.30. Again, another edition of the Employment Law Show. Enjoy your evening. <laughs>